episode 124 here on the Real Kipper at Noon Show. We are back at it. Lots happened in the last 48 hours since we last spoke on Monday. We had a cameo appearance from our beloved Doug McLean before Jill pulled the plug on his uh, internet. She just <laughs> held it up like this, said, that's enough. Had it with you, Kiprios, and all this talk. I'm on vacation. I've got an RV. Let's get it going. Let's go to Doug McLean right now. And before we uh, start off with our, our question of where the hell are you, can you confirm or deny that's what happened to your internet on Monday? We were at a truck stop and uh, Jill, we used it to pick up a copy and, and she was fed up. She, she's fed up with you, the <laughs> podcast, with hockey in general. She's just got to hold on a little, a little longer, okay? <laughs> she said, kind of power the you, playoffs? Uh... She thought when the Leafs lost, the playoffs were over, which essentially they are for a lot of fans. Everybody in, in Southern Ontario feel that way, Mac. And, <laughs> you know, we're going to get into last night's contest between Tampa and, and, and the mountain that the Hurricanes have now going 2 nothing. We're going to get uh, into uh, the Vesna finalists that were announced uh the other day by the National Hockey League, including Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, Vasilevsky, of course, of Tampa Bay, and, and Grubauer. That's a nice addition, and that's a name that we haven't heard very often. A, a big thrill for him as well. So a lot to get into. Of course, teeing up the next round in the, in the North Division, Montreal and Winnipeg. But, Mac, we got to put a bow to this. And in the past, we have had various segments and thumbnails on how to fix <laughs> some teams and right now we got to start with the Toronto Maple Leafs first of all we got to get your thoughts uh, it's been a, a couple of days now so we, we still haven't heard from your uh, end on on what went wrong with the Leafs and, and possibly how you fix it or you move forward from that but overall the thought of the Leafs disappointing once again Toronto Maple Leaf fans yeah, look, it's a it's a process here that we talked prior to the series that being the underdog is is sometimes a really good situation. And you know what? The Montreal Canadiens took full advantage of that. First of all, they put the game in the trenches. That's the first thing they did. They put it in the dirty areas and challenged the Leafs to play that way. They also really did a great job of shutting down the neutral zone, which is typical of underdog hockey, is you clog up things. You know, their defense, their big four on the back end, played tough hockey, mean hockey. They challenged the skill. And the Leafs, for me, uh, their blue line, deep enough. So anyway, there was a lot of reasons. And the number one reason, and whether we can we talk till the cows come home, difference maker and that's why he makes 10 million a year we questioned him a lot this year because of injuries and the way he was playing and he came through as the leader the backbone of the franchise and he was a difference maker fans are going through uh what do we call those those five emotional stages <laughs> whether or not we're uh, uh, there's going to be anger there's going to be denial depression uh and your favorite i think bargaining so mac we're going to hear from brendan shanahan and, and kyle dubas and sheldon Keefe uh later on this afternoon uh there's a scheduled four o'clock eastern uh press conference first of all with so many people calling for the heads of all three of them at, at certain times, you don't parade all three two days later and expect any major changes. Is that safe to say? Yeah, I, I don't I don't see any major changes. And I think we're going to hear a lot of the same we heard this time last year. A process. Young. We've got to overcome this. But I thought Keith summed it up best. And I don't care what the others say today, to be quite honest. What I got from Keith is all I need to hear. And that was sickening. I'm disappointed. 
there's no excuse for this. There's, I don't care what they say. There's no excuse for the way this team started in the last three games. It was pathetic, embarrassing, and they started start three games. So, what do you? All, all I want to hear is there's no excuses. You got to improve this team. What is it? Uh, you look at this series is. Did Montreal win it? I had said the Leafs in five games, and of course all the Hab fans are all over me, and, and that's okay. No problem at all. But I, I, the, the one thing that I did stress throughout all my interviews is that for, for the Leafs to lose this series, they're going to have to hand it to Montreal on a platter. And I, 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 I'm not taking away where they went with the series, particularly the last three games and how they were able to take them and, and drag them in, into the alley in terms of hard hockey and yeah. leaning, never giving up lanes, how many block shots we saw. They did all the right things, Mac. Yeah. But I, I still watched this series, and Carey Price didn't steal the series for me. He was good, and he made saves that he had to. He was supposed to. And then on occasion, a brilliant save. But Carey Price didn't steal this series. I saw it more like the Leafs gave it away. Well, but, but the Canadians have to get, for me, a lot of credit for making it very challenging for the Leafs stars to get anything done. Nylander, yeah. But... The guys they focused on going into this series were two players. The Montreal Canadiens, I'll never forget when we played Lemieux and, and Yager in the playoffs. And I hate to and I keep going back, and I hate to do that. We said in the dressing room every time it came up, let's make Lemieux and Yager hate hockey. Well, I'll tell you what the Montreal Canadiens did. They put made Murner and Matthews Hate playing. I'll tell you what, they snuffed them out. Matthews gets 35 shots. Is that accurate? 35 shots in the series. But they get one goal between the two of them. And they played, as you said, before game seven, Nick, and you talked about this, and I've seen people say it since, Marner played way too much. Maybe Nylander not enough. But, I mean, the same thing I saw going on in, in the last game against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets last year when he loaded when Keith loaded up the big line Tavares Matthews Murner and played them till they were done till they got beat similar thing this year so um, they made the Habs made the Leafs players not enjoy this series they're big boys Murner Matthews Riley I don't think any of them did and the old boys. Sorry, Spets is getting lots of credit for being their best player. Like, how sad is that? But Simmons, Thornton, the big pickups that everybody raised okay. about all year long. Hurt. Okay, let's let's get into so, that a little bit because when you when you hear how devastated and disappointed Sheldon Keefe is. And when you consider that with the ice time, Mac, and it, you're right, everybody's talking about the ice time now. Uh, and, and we got into it uh, days ago. Yeah. Before is, game seven, you talked about it. Is it, is it really now Sheldon Keefe, by playing Marner 25 minutes a night, was that his way of telling Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shanahan this roster isn't as deep as you think it is. And if it was, I wouldn't have to play these guys in game one, 27 and a half minutes. And what you think we have for depth isn't really there. And, it, well, and it's look, true. It, 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 it ended up being true in game seven that they, the, the depth, in, including Nick Foligno, was never there. They were never the players that you thought, and that's why I had to play these guys. 27 minutes. And and look, in fairness to the Leafs, losing Tavares was so important for the Montreal Canadiens because 
That was one less guy to deal with, less power guy. And I, I mean, we talk, Galchenyuk comes in as an important guy. Are you kidding me? Colino comes in as an important guy, who, by the way, is banged up and can't play anywhere near what he's capable of playing. But, you know, you have to move him to center. Polino is a winger. I mean, I know he's played center in Columbus, but out of desperation because they have no centermen. So to me, yeah, you're right. The depth became a factor. And Thornton and Simmons, I mean, I didn't notice them. Did they play? I had heard All back issues. About what, I, I didn't like those pickups last summer. I said it on this show. I wasn't impressed with those pickups. And I was forced to eat my words a little bit this year. But... They, I heard they weren't very good. I heard back issues for Nick Felino, which I don't know whether or not this was this this was new as he came in, or was it something that he brought in from Columbus? But you know, one of the questions for Kyle Dubis and 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 Leaf fans are 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 screaming at it is why Felino for a first rounder? Why not Hall at at a cheaper rate? Or Sam Bennett, who cost two second rounders. Hey, um, I hate to say it, but you talked about it, about Bennett, and people went nuts. They laughed at us talking about Bennett. Um, all, yeah, they're obviously a little higher price, but still not, not as much as Felino. And uh, Felino. I like the pickup, and I said I like the pickup, but I said it at the time is, what about the depth on this blue line? I was worried about the depth of the Leafs' blue line going into the playoffs, and you remember me talking about that. I didn't think picking up Hutton was a waste of time for me. That's not what I meant. I meant picking up a real player to play the blue line in case of an injury. Which and happened. It, it hurt them big time. Enough depth on the back end hurt them big time. And I'm talking a Savard type of guy. And, you know, Savard didn't play, obviously, last night. I guess he's banged up. But still, if the Leafs had a little more depth on the back end, it might have made a bit of a difference. But, look, if your big guys can't fight through this and, and find a way to score, but you're right, the depth... If all you have to do is shut down Marner and Matthews' team, we saw it in, in Winnipeg. All they had to do was shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl. That's all they had to do, and they did it. Well, it's a lot tougher for the offensive guys to fight through back. than it is to defend. It's a lot easier to tear down a home than it is to build it up. You want to believe it. And that's what you were able to do in 96, and that's what Montreal did against the Leafs in 2021. The other one that stood out for me is Corey Perry did not want to be a Montreal Canadian. He made that abundantly clear. He wanted to be a Toronto Maple Leaf and he begged them to sign him. And they said, nope, we're going to take Wayne Simmons. At 1.5 million for Wayne Simmons versus a a minimal salary of 750000 for Corey oh, Perry. You, you, you talked about this four months, five months ago. Okay, so here's what I said about Corey Perry, and I and it's funny, some scouts had said it, and I said it on the show. Corey Perry is too slow to play in the regular season. He is too slow to play in the regular season. Did he look slow to you in the playoffs? He's too slow in the regular season, but when the game changes at playoff time, Corey Perry fits hey, in like a glove. How fast do you have to be to get in the face of Jack Campbell? That's my point. That's my point. The game changes at playoff time. Mac, Corey Perry like, is suited. This we is, saw it in Dallas. We've seen it throughout his career. This is skating. Like, I remember him when he was drafted. We were hoping he was going to be. The, we were going to get him with our first pick in the second round, and I think he went twenty fifth or something. And I remember sitting at the draft table saying, are you shitting me? This guy just went. That's who you were talking. We might get in this early in the with our first or second pick in the second round. And people said, well, he's skating's poor. I said, oh, okay. Mac. Skating's poor. Skating's poor. All this yeah. guy has done. He's a Hall of Famer. Is, is win everywhere he's been. He knows how to win. Okay. 
Memorial Cups, Stanley Cups, gold medals. What did he do for the Dallas Stars? How in their right mind did they pick Wayne Simmons over Corey Perry? Because idea of being tough to play against, which is a was their big thing. And I read Duba said the other day, we still have to work on being tougher to play against. You have to learn how to play through toughness. It, it, being tough to play against is important, but learning how to play through toughness is important. And not to, like, again, it, you were talking about one of the best modern-day players in history and Joe Thornton, uh, sure, Hall of Famer, great career, but you have to put players in positions to succeed. And they had him on the first line to start the season, and they had him on the fourth line to end the season, and it didn't work, Mac. It didn't work, and that's coming off a, a, a three-year experiment with Patrick Marlowe. When will they learn their lesson here? Look, I, I had to suck it up a little bit because I was hard on the Thornton Simmons signing. I really was. I didn't even, I, and I was wrong on Brody. I wasn't overly, I, I said Brody's a good sign, but I didn't like the salary. Brody proved me wrong. He, he was he was adequate. He was pretty good, actually. Yeah, he, no, he, he, he did he, his he job. He was pretty now. good. He but he played job. with Morgan Riley all year too. Played with Morgan Riley ninety percent of the time. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to give him that. But unfortunately, you can't blame Keith for this. He gave Simmons and Thornton, in my opinion, more than ample opportunity. I mean, I watched some start games. I watched them on the first line. I watched them on the power play. Like I watched them get good opportunities at the end of the day if you're going to be a leader in the room you have to be a player on the ice and it's hard to be a leader in the room if you're not contributing on the ice and to me they didn't contribute well but there one was of a, those, they had a lot of company one of those leaders i think they're going to have some issues in the off season and that's morgan riley um he is not happy right now. Should be really pissed off. And he you brought it up two or three shows ago. He watched. Taking he watched. Morgan Riley off the goddamn power play and putting Sandine on there. Are you out of your mind? Yeah, Sandine. Yep. 21-year-old, Mac. 21-year-old to help them go to a Stanley Cup final. Who's never like, done it before. Is, and he will be a great is, player one day. He's got all... Well, we don't know, but we, we, we assume he's got everything you're needed to be a, a top four defenseman and maybe quarterback a power play one day. But in a rookie season, you're going to play with your best defenseman's head this time of year. Are you crazy? Wrong on that? Got it up, Nick, two shows ago. Yeah. What are they doing? Well, so the power play was brutal all year. How how can that power play be that bad all year with that talent? And again, I don't get it. That Mac to me, and yes, take all, point the finger all you want at Matthews and, and Marner, and it's warranted because they're the ones that have to get the results. But it's on a coaching staff, Mac. Both you, you have both. to you you had six weeks to fix it. And you did nothing to fix it. No different you, looks. Yeah. Didn't address it at the trade deadline. And wh where is where's the accountability on, on a power play? As a, as a coach, Mac, you've been there. Your power play is not going. What other... If, if, if you're going to pound How is that not chest, a top priority? You're going to pound your chest at game 15 when you're at 25%. And being a, a you know a coaching staff power play geniuses, then you got to be there to stand in and when it's like zero percent for the last half of the year. I mean, it was it's hard to believe how that power play deteriorated the way it did all year. And and trying different things, different personnel. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I know it's a tough thing to coach. It really it's one of the it's one of the challenging things to coach. There's no denying that. But 
Montreal started to pick up the odd power. Well, the five on three, I guess. But I mean, still, uh, it, it the power play really hurt the Toronto Maple Leafs this year. And with that talent, it's hard to believe. We talked about the presence on the point. Riley's not the dream guy there, but you sure as hell yeah. don't go with a kid yeah. in his place at this time of year. You don't take that gamble. I I I, I don't know if Morgan Riley's pissed off, but I guarantee you. He is really pissed off at what happened. Am I wrong? And are you wrong? I'll be very surprised if he starts next season at Toronto Maple Leaf. He's out. And he's got one year left on his deal. Yeah. But when you when you watched a twenty one year year old inexperienced take your job on a on a power play, and then you've watched Frederick Anderson go in the last year of his deal. And, and the way his season ended, I think Morgan Riley would probably want to get ahead of that and get out of Dodge now. It's really interesting. So we'll yeah, keep an eye well, on we'll that storyline. And I mean, look, uh, they can't afford to lose him on that blue line. They can't afford to. I mean, I, I've always said I thought Morgan Riley was a perfect number two guy. Emotionally, they've already But he's lost their him. number one guy. Emotionally, I think they've already lost him. And that's a big deal. Okay, you've been a president and general manager. If you're Kyle Dubas right now or Brendan Shanahan, how do you strategize this press conference? I, how, how do you talk yourself out of this mess in a press conference? You, you know, you've got to go in there and you've got to be very frank in your in your situation. And to me... You've got to follow Keith's lead a little bit in that, I'm sorry, we can stand here and say it's a process. We can say it's not linear. We can say all those things. And we can say, well, look how long it took Ovechkin. And look how long it took Sid. And look how long it took this guy and that guy. But at the Mac, end of the day, they've got on. to stand in there and not make excuses. they got on. to take some serious heat. That The, the Ovechkin and the Iserman... That was a different world. Those guys had 12, 13-year contracts. I got news for them. Three years left I know. for Matthews. Four years left for Marner, and then they walk out the door. I know. They don't have that luxury. No, they, they have got to step today and say, no bullshit. We failed. Fix this. We've got to make some serious moves to fix this team. And that's not easy with where they are with their big four. All right. It's tied up there, which we always go back to. And you know what? They, they're, Jack Campbell now, who's the number one guy, well, like Jack Campbell, he's had a good run that's been exciting, but I'd be nervous if Jack, you know, I mean, this guy still hasn't shown, he showed it during stretches this year when the team was flying high and he was good, Bill, and he didn't kill them, he didn't He didn't cost them the playoffs. No, he the, did not. He, but he's he, got to stop standing up there and taking all the blame, too. Like, well, I thought he, he got over that a month ago. He, he did it again, Mac. Uh, worst crazy. goal. I mean, why? Worst goal of his career, he called it, on the Gallagher. Worse. I'm, I, I think he's been around a long time. I think if he really thinks about it, he can find one worse. Yeah, I think so. But, but again, the sense is, is how hard he is his worst critic. Yeah, and he's hard on himself. And it's on, I, I, did, I mean, I thought the guy, I, I said versus Campbell in a, in a best of seven, this could be scary. You know what? The guy held his ground. The guy, okay. he wasn't the reason. He All was right, not Mac, the reason. Listen. We, we've got non-Leaf fans going, enough! I'm sick to my stomach! I agree. They got I, some serious... That's what they should say. What, whatever, whatever the case is, they're not as sick of the Leafs being out as our, our good friends at Sportsnet, Mac. There was like four and five million people a night in game six and seven. And people got to understand that if... If it's leaning towards a Maple Leaf telecast nationally in Canada, 
it's all because of the numbers and the attention that it gives them and the advertising dollars there they they lost a lot unfortunately for uh, losing the toronto maple leafs and that's just a fact you know say what you will but money talks i i guess i um it's something i haven't really spent a lot of thinking about since i left since i departed <laughs> sportsnet two years ago yep okay i'm gonna do everybody a favor and stop talking about the leafs and let's talk yeah. about mac that nobody expected Winnipeg and, and Montreal, but it's not even close on who we thought were the two best goalies in the North Division going into this season, yep. and it was Carey Price and Hellebuck. So should we be that surprised that they're going head-to-head in round two? No, and that's that's going to be the intriguing matchup. You've got the Hellebuck, who is the new the new you know, top guy in the league. Uh, he's he's worked to become that. You've got Price, the veteran. This will be an, a very exciting uh, matchup in goal. But to me, it's going to be a little more challenging than that for Montreal because it's not like stopping Marner and Matthews. You've got a you've got a couple you've got a couple of lines you've got to do. they've got to do to a couple of lines what they did to Marner and Matthews. And then you've got the Lowry line to deal with. So the, to me, it's a tough, it, this is a tougher matchup for Montreal. Oh, and this is where Montreal will see a third wave. Yep. The Leafs only showed one wave. And when you shut down the Matthews and the Marners, yep. you had great success. But now Connor, Shifley, Wheeler, Ehlers. Ehlers. Ehlers, but Mac. Appleton, Lowry, Cop. These guys can play hard, and they can yep. put the puck in the net. This is a triple threat here for Winnipeg. No, and we 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 talked about this. Now it's what's going to be really interesting to watch is what does Dubois become in this round when it starts to be Montreal fence playing hard, Weber, Petrie, company there. Rod, Edmonston playing hard against the against the Jets. Where does Dubois? He hasn't been as good I, yet as I thought he would be. I mean, it's been a slow start. I'll be interested to see how that Montreal Big Four defend these guys. That to me is going to be a challenging matchup for the Montreal Canadiens. We know Mac. It's hasn't been a great feel-good story for Pierre-Luc Dubois being traded yep. to Winnipeg. He's been bounced back and forth from the wing to the center position. Yep. There were health issues at the end. They had a horrific run to end the season, Mac. 3-12, uh, and 12, something ridiculous. There was yep. talks about, there were talk about uh, wanting uh, uh, Paul Maurice's head on a platter. There was talk about yep. Shifley being benched. It was really ugly there for a while. Yet they found a way to show up against the Edmonton Oilers. And now there's a great feel there. And more importantly for Ehlers and Pierre-Luc Dubois is that they got nine days off, Mac. Nine yeah. days off. That's like an off-season going uh, between right. rounds in, in the playoffs here. Pierre-Luc Dubois has got to come into this series feeling like it's been an off-season and he's ready to start fresh here. He, they've got to get him back in the middle playing great again, Mac. You know how hard it is to shut down two lines at playoff time. And I, I think back to when we played Colorado in the finals and it was Sackick's line and then Forsberg's line. And they'd come at you and come at you. When you've got that top six that is dangerous, it's really hard to defend it. If you've got one group to stop, if it's like the Lindros line, the Legion of Doom, or Lemieux-Yager combo, or a one-line team, you can shut it down. But when you got a double threat, that's going to be a little more challenging for the Montreal Canadiens. And as and far you, as uh, Montreal, I mean, you, you just you got to play the same style. Nothing has, nothing can change here. But no. All of a sudden, Kaki and Emmy, who couldn't start in game one, becomes an important player. Uh, Cole Caulfield 
becomes an important player. Suzuki. Is is it still too early now for these guys to carry that weight against an experienced team like Stasny's and Shifley's? Well, we, we talked about it when, when Toronto, Montreal were down 3-1 and we said, you know, they're still too young down the middle. And they were too young down the middle. But guess what? We saw some growing up before our own eyes. They've got to continue to grow. Full marks to them. Dan O. Dan O didn't have a point in the series, Nick. And he may have been their most valuable yeah. forward. That doesn't happen very often. Has that ever happened that Dan O, without a point, is their most important player in the series? And I'm thinking, whoa, he, he went head-to-head with Matthew. So how does this all translate now when you're going head-to-head against the Shifleys and the Dubois and the Stastny's and the experience? Here's the only thing, and I've talked about this a lot this year. How about the Winnipeg Blue Line? Pionk was a superstar in the first round. And Morrissey. They, they, they play, and Morrissey, they played well. Can Montreal work Winnipeg Blue Line? That's the question. And with Hellebuck there, you might work their Blue Line. You may get opportunities, but if Hellebuck's been as good as he was against Edmonton, it's going to be tough. I, I just, I mean, I, Montreal are going in with a ton of confidence. They're feeling so good. That, that would make me a little nervous if I'm Winnipeg because Montreal are very excited to play and feel really good about themselves. Dominic Ducharme gets, his, gets a new, will get a new contract because of that series. His coach and staff will get a new contract probably. I mean, a lot of really positive vibes going into this series. Well, even a guy like uh, Logan Stanley has uh, shown some some worth in the oh. first round. So they've gotten uh, they've gotten some depth there a little bit, uh, and, I know. and they will be challenged still, though uh, physically, mm-hmm. they will be challenged. Yeah, and I criticized Chevy, who I happen to really like as a person and a GM. I question why he didn't get a defenseman. I mean, he picked up uh, Ben from yes. Vancouver as a depth guy, but that was it. And you know what? His defense did not his defense did not disappoint against Edmonton, and the defense always looks a little better with a hellebuck there, the way he's playing. Well, that gets uh, going tonight. And uh, uh, what's, the, what's the term? Uh, sweep versus deep. So what do you like, Mac? Uh, you anticipate a rusty Winnipeg or a tired Montreal Canadian team? No, I think I think you're rejuvenated really fast this time of year. I don't think fatigue will be a factor. I really don't. I, I don't think rust will be a factor. If it is, it's it's over quickly. There's so much emotion involved at this time of year that you you overcome the the you know, the bruises and, and, and you, you get the adrenaline going and it's amazing what guys do. So I don't see that. I see Winnipeg winning the series, but I also saw Toronto winning the series. So don't bet based <laughs> so on my prediction. We'll take Winnipeg in <laughs> six or seven. I take them in. I'll take the Winnipeg in six. All right. I'm there with you. I'm with you. So but we always protect ourselves because we did say, Montreal will be tough. This will be a tough series. Don't underestimate the Montreal-Toronto rivalry and the hatred. And, uh, you know. So you don't anticipate seeing the rust on Winnipeg tonight like you saw the rust on Colorado in game one against Vegas. No, I, I, I see that the rust will get off real quickly because when you have talent, the rust seems to be very minimal. When we, when we looked at that game one, either Pete DeBoer was dumb, not starting Flurry, or he was a genius for not starting Flurry. And there's some that have suggested to me from the Vegas camp that they were going to lose anyways. So why not lose with your best goaltender rested to get ready for game two? Do you buy that? I have never heard of an organization 
that said we are going to lose game one. Who says that? Where has that ever been said? Because how many of, of teams that win game one of a series, I don't know what the percentage is, but I know if you win two, the percentage is damn high. You know, Toronto didn't win the second game. I just, I, losing the first game is not a great mentality to go in with at playoff time. You don't you don't have throwaway games at playoff time. You have throwaway games in the regular season. You don't have throwaway games at playoff time. Seriously. Mac, what we saw out of Colorado was a clinic, an absolute clinic. Even if Fleury's to come back and start showing a 930, 940 percentage. I don't know if it's still going to be enough with the firepower we saw in game one. The firepower we know about. We know about Rantanen. We know about McKinnon. We know about Landeskog. We know that firepower. What blew me away watching that game was Makar. Makar. I'm sorry, this guy. We I haven't watched him enough. I know all about. I haven't watched him up. I watched him in that game, and I watched the rest of the blue line: Gerard, and even Timmons, and Graves, and Taves. I mean, this blue line is well constructed—a blue line as you can do because they're big. They can skate. They can move the puck. They have every element you want on a back end. Mac, Kale McCarr is every bit as good as Eric Carlson in his Ottawa prime. Uh, based based on what we've seen, you're you're damn right. He, I mean, him finding some of those plays. I mean, cross seams that he finds, the way he skates, the way he shoots, the release, the passing, the lateral movement. It, Mac, special talent, special talent. So. You know what? This is going to be, uh, you know, this will be a real intriguing series. Vegas will play hard. Vegas is going to yes, play them they hard. Will. They'll play them hard. And Flurry is Flurry is character personified for me. Yeah. He is he's a special human being. He's a special leader. The yeah. team will play hard for him. It, and I want to. It, it'll be a war. I want to give uh, Pacioretty a ton of credit because he's found a nice spot there. Where he doesn't have to be a captain, he hasn't—he's not the best player on the team. He just goes out there and creates and and scores goals. And uh, he, they missed him, uh, no question. And they got through it in Minnesota without him. But he's going to have to put the puck in the net again in this series. And he—he he was a difference maker. He—he he stepped up. I—I I dare say he wasn't a hundred percent, but he stepped up and played. You know, and you know. All right, we'll switch gears. Switch gears. Carolina and Tampa Bay, Mac. Uh, Tampa didn't look great, but w- when you've got Vasilevsky making 31 saves and you've got, now what's the term used? Um, Jeeps or pickup trucks that aren't Ferraris, as, uh, as Cooper was talking about the other day. You're a hey, tough listen. team to beat. What you what you just said, I'm not. I I hate to go back to the Leafs. Al Duba should listen to that quote and put it on his wall and maybe paste it on his forehead. <laughs> Anthony Sorelli, Kalorn, Kalorn with his fifth of the playoffs. Come on, Mac. Those are players. That's depth. What about, That's how you, you win think- Stanley Cups. Coleman and the other kid that just won't stop, you know, whether he, the kid they picked up from San Jose, I keep forgetting his name. Oh my God. He's a friggin' player. Um, anyway, Trocek, Vincent Trocek goes down. Yeah. That's uh, a collision, a collision with Fogel. Mac, this looks is like a he's out loss and looks like he's out. It, it to me, looks like it's a series ender for him. Would you say? Oh, well, that's what uh, Brenda Moore uh, yeah. said. It's, yeah. But, uh, but just to go back we'll, to, uh, we'll see him back. Let's go back for a minute, too, to Vasilevsky. I'm telling you what, Nick, I keep thinking back to that five, 
overtime or whatever it was, Columbus and Vasilevsky. And the focus this kid had, Corpus Allo, the same thing. But, I mean, it he stepped up to the forefront to become one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. Again, last night, he's standing strong. He's tough to beat. I didn't, I didn't think he was particularly great against Florida, but he sure as hell was good last night. And he, he's, he's a Stanley Cup winner. He's 26 years of age. He, he's, he's right at the top of the charts. Vesna so, finalist as well, we can call him in 2021. Yeah. And yeah. he, along with Marc-Andre Fleury and Grubauer, yeah. And while Mac, we we see, and I think uh, uh, somebody was mentioning that uh, Carey Price is the only ten million dollar uh, player uh, left in the league that uh, is still has a chance to win a Stanley Cup, but we've got we've got Vasilevsky at nine and a half million, Price at ten and a half million, and then you've got. A Grubauer, who is one of the three finalists this season for the Vezina, and he's making three point three million. And as great as as Price is back, and as great as Vasilevsky's back, can any team ever go up around nine or ten million dollars again? Or is the Grubauer Colorado Model. situation the new future of goaltending? Well, it's I know. I hate to go back to Toronto or a couple of these things, but it's got to go to there if you're going to keep the, the format the way it is. And when they're lucky they got McKinnon where he is, they're really lucky they got him where he is. And McCarr, where does he go to? They've got no choice but to stay with, I call it the Chris Osgood model in Detroit. Yeah. Where, you know, he was, Kenny, Kenny was able to keep his gold handed at one of his lowest price price points on his roster of important players. Well, mind you, uh, it, it should be noted, though, Grubauer is a finalist. He's also an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. And if, in fact, Mack, he, he wins a Stanley Cup for Colorado, that 3.3 could easily double, could it not? Well, he he if he wins the Stanley Cup and with and I questioned Grubauer because I know he would hurt last year and I didn't I hated their goaltending against Dallas. Grubauer has been very good with a very good team in front of him. This is a this is a big playoff test for Grubauer, I think. I think this is and if he if he comes through it like he probably is capable of with this team with the, with the you know I mean, this is a team that lost their number two centerman in Kadri. And they still, Yo steps up. And these guys step up for them. I mean, uh, the kid from, from Newfoundland steps up for them. Uh, the kid. And, I mean, look, this is, this, yeah, he's going to be pretty sought after if he, can, yeah. if, he, if he holds it together. Yeah, he should be able to get into that Markstrom with a Stanley Cup and yeah. at five, five and a half, six, being in. Bing, uh, Jordan Bennington got there with his Stanley Cup ring. And uh, I mean, I know Kenny Holland says he wants to re-sign Smith, but if Grubauer is available, maybe an Edmonton finally says, hey, we, we've got we've to make a step here with our goaltending. All right. Um, where do I want to go here next? How about... Oh, uh, you want to go... You have an appointment. That's no, 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 no. Go. I do. But I, I want to get one more... Uh, off. Uh, uh, there's some meat on the bone here still, Mac. Okay. okay. And in the world of... You know, I hate doing this. You're way better at it with the I told you so's. But... <laughs> <laughs> but I got way one better. for you. I way got one better. for you. Seth Jones doesn't want to sign in Colorado. Like Columbus, or I'm sorry, Columbus. I'm all over Colorado now with uh, Grubauer. He doesn't want to sign in Columbus. Oh, what a shock! What are your sources saying on that one? Because that one is right between the eyes, right between well, the eyes. I think we knew, I think, didn't we talk about it a year ago? Or eight months ago that they that and 
Wierenski's the other one, Mac. And I keep hearing he wants to go to Detroit. So, so my sources are very quiet. Wow. It rocks you. And, and now you've got your number one defenseman saying that. You've got the Dubois thing in your background. You've got Line A coming. You know, I mean, Line A's got to get re-signed. I mean, it just doesn't stop. And I mean, I, like I was in Columbus for four days last week, and I'm, I'm just thinking. Like I, I, I was having a few beers with a buddy of mine that's fairly close to the team, and he said, like, I said, you got to get this guy in a room and get him signed. You can. And then the next day it comes out. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Oh, welcome. My God. Welcome back, John Davidson. Now, Mac, yeah. we how quickly does this need to be addressed? There's not a snowball's chance, as you like to say, that you can bring Seth Jones back to start the season. You gotta get him traded at at at, at the draft, during the draft, after the draft, any time all summer. JD uh, rode back into town. Loving, saying that, you know, he, he's excited to be back in Columbus. He loves Columbus. He's very excited to be back. And then this hits him. This 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 dulls the excitement a little bit for J.D. But he, you know, J.D. will, will you know, he and Kekalainen, this is a big, big challenge because the franchise is just wavering a bit. Would, I I got a note this morning at 7 a.m. Tell me what's going on, how another guy wants out of Columbus. Please tell me what's going on. And and I and I'm sitting there saying I I Columbus is a great city. It's good ownership. I I just it this is it's devastating for me for for this to happen. It really is. Leafs have they're they're heavy at forward. You assume that on the next contract that Seth Jones would be looking at nine or ten million dollars. Would you even consider a Marner for Seth Jones? Now they're they're I think they're four years difference in age, and that's a big deal to me. Yeah, really that's big a big deal. deal. To give up that's a twenty three big... year old for a twenty seven year old is a big deal for me. But is that the type of thing that could help Columbus and maybe even help Toronto? The 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 cha- the problem with that deal for me, Nick, is Columbus desperately need a center iceman. Marner they can play desperate. center, Mac. And, and that if he if if they're comfortable that he can come in and play center, then yes. you gotta you gotta consider it because they are in such dire need, and this guy can make plays like nobody else, and he and Mar- and and Line A needs somebody to get him the puck. So what was the line in London? Yeah. Matthew Kachuk, Marner, um, and uh, I'm drawing a blank in in Arizona, the winger. He played center, Mac. He's played center. He's, he can play center. He's just one of those guys. Dvorak. Dvorak. Thank you very much. Yeah. Dvorak. He can play center. Uh, it, it's been natural uh, and, for and you him know what? for a long time uh, since minor hockey. Oh, you've got to you've got to deal with the Riley fallout. Got to deal with Seth Jones. But does Seth Jones want to play in Toronto? Does Seth Jones is there room for him in Colorado? Probably not. Yeah. Is there room for him in Dallas? Maybe you know, not. You know the, the way team structured. You know the team that uh, kind of was whispered in my ear for Seth Jones. Mm-hmm. The Chicago Blackhawks. That would not surprise me. And and what about the Detroit Red Wings taking a stab, a run at them? Well, but I Chicago more... makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So listen, a lot of things to talk about in the next oh. <laughs> few few days, few weeks, few months, Mac. Yeah, for sure. What's on tap the rest of the day? I'm going to uh, tee it up this afternoon here in Danbury, Connecticut, at the uh, Ridgeway Country Club. A friend of mine's a member there, so we're going to we're just pro- we you know, and then we're going to have a little a little uh, Italian uh, restaurant tonight where their friends hang out. So it's kind of a relaxing night. Then we head to Kennebunkport uh, 
Maine tomorrow, and we're going to spend a couple nights in Kennebunkport and then on to Bar Harbor. So we're into the final week. We, you know, we're over two weeks on the road, and uh, we're we're heading into the third week. Doug, when are you doing your uh, your photo shoot for Cigar Aficionado? I have it on screen for the folks now. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm going to pull out. I'm not sure if I'm going to go with a Cohiba or a Monte Cristo tonight, but uh, with a little cab. A little Cabernet mixed in. I, I, you know what? I, we were, we had a little barbecue last night, nice dinner, and and uh, relaxed. But I wanted to go light last night on the on the cab because I knew I had this big show to do today. So I, I you know, we I appreciate sucked it. it. Thank you for you it. Know, sucked it up. We appreciate it. Okay, for our viewers, uh, give us a final tonight between Vegas and the Abs. One one, or are they in the hole like Carolina? I've got a two nothing tonight. Flurry with the shutout. You better. Wow, that one two would nothing. be shocking. I've got, no, 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 no. I've got a two nothing. The series going to two. Oh, okay. I, th- yep. I wanted a score though. Oh, you want a score? I, it's yeah. probably going to be four. Probably, probably a four two score. Four two, Colorado. Yeah. All right. I hope not. I hope Fleury uh, can pull it out, but that's fine. All right. Well, I, I'd like, I picked Colorado and Tampa as a Stanley Cup uh, matchup, I, you know, but I, I could be wrong on that the way I could be wrong. But anyway. All right. And, and uh, you know, between cabs and cigars, how is your golf game? I hear it's quiet. You don't tell us any scores anymore. Is, um, it, just, is it because you're, I, you're I, playing I, half in the bag? I have to tell you, we played a course in Pennsylvania today, and I, I've got to tell you this: I miss the Florida courses. <laughs> There's a little more woods, and a, you know, just a, a little worse rough. I, I miss the I miss the Florida courses yes. a touch. My game, you know, it, it's okay, you know. And you hate paying for new balls too, right? <laughs> I picked That's... up a couple of dozen cheapos at the uh, at the PGA uh, National Store in Delray Beach before I left. So I got I got lots of balls. All right, well, hit them straight for us here, okay? We really okay, appreciate man. your effort once again on the Real Kipper at Noon show from the RV Stanley Cup coverage exclusively by Doug McLean through his RV. Thanks, Mac. Enjoy your day, okay, man. Doug McLean, everybody from God knows where. I have no idea. But we're happy we've got him. And for all of you, we're happy we have you. And we're happy that you're along in the ride for us during the 20, 2021 Stanley Cup run. And there's plenty of more coming up. Stick around for it. We'll see you Friday. First time watcher, subscribe. Leave those comments coming and we'll see you Friday. Have a great day, everybody.